you might want to move on that soon because I got a feeling that's going to fill up pretty fast. I hope so anyway, but you never know. Okay. And um, all right, let me see what else I wanted to tell you here. I want to go to events. Boom. All right. So a couple of big talks coming up that I thought you might be interested in. And one is the Bellevue Botanical Garden. And uh, so that is Wednesday, this Wednesday, January 16th. It's called Welcome to Suburbia, and it's by John Marsloff. And I heard him give this talk. I was the MC for a, a kind of a big thing down in Oregon. And uh, he gave that talk down there to the master gardeners down there. And, oh, my gosh, everybody loved that talk. You learn all about birds and why they're moving into the city from the rural areas now and uh, how you can attract more of them. So he's a really great speaker. He's quite a famous uh, professor at Utah, so John Marsloff. So that's Wednesday, and that starts at 7 o'clock. And it only costs 15 bucks if you're not a BBG member. So hey, that's over at the Bellevue Botanical Garden, by the way. And then, uh, hey, and I want to let you know, this is uh, way in advance letting you know, but uh, the Queen's Gardener, the actual Queen's Gardener from England, she, uh, he, pardon me, he is going to be here on Sunday, February 24th at 1 p.m., giving a talk at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. So it's like he's going to be talking about what it's like to garden for the queen. You know, I wonder if she gets mad if, like, one of her favorite plants dies or something. <laughs> I I don't know. You might have to uh, get down on one knee, you know. But, hey, gardeners do that all the time anyway, you know. But uh, So his name's John Anderson. I think it's going to be a really fun talk. Wouldn't you know... I'm going to be out of town for both these talks. So the Bellevue Botanical Garden, uh, Suburbia, which I would go to again in a shot. I'm heading off for the ocean this week. So, uh, and uh, it's really funny. My puppy, Izzy. So uh, we take her uh, over to uh, Whitby Island to do the dog parks over there. She loves those so much. They're not so crowded and if you go during the week, they're spectacularly beautiful. So anyway, she saw us working on the car, getting it cleaned out and getting it ready. She's been nuts ever since. She thinks we're going to Whidbey Island. When she sees where we're going, she is going to go totally wacko. But already all morning she's been crying. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> We're leaving tomorrow morning, early in the morning. I can't wait to get in the car. And I don't know how I'm going to pack my stuff that I need because if she sees me packing, she's going to go so wacko. (laughs) She's going to start biting holes in the wall again, you know. (laughs) Okay. And the other one, uh, the Northwest Perennial Lines, or I mean uh, Bellevue Botanical Garden Special Lecture to Queen's Gardener, I'm going to be out of town. I think I'm going to be in France for that one. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, I'm heading down to France for the Lemon Festival in uh, Monton near Nice. Oh, is that going to be fun? I'm practicing my French. I might do the rest of the show in French if you folks don't mind today. I'm sure you'd love that. 
I know at least four words. I can do it. I just have to repeat a little. Hey, one, two other big events I want to let you know about. I will take a quick break. Uh, and that is the uh, Northwest Perennial Alliance. I don't know if you know about MPA, but it's really a great organization. I like it really a lot. And I'm in it, of course. And uh, they're having the Promise of Spring event. So it's uh, Sunday, January 20, from 1030 to 230. And it's all over at the BBG, uh, at their Aaron Education Center. And uh, I think that's going to be a really, really good event. They're going to have a big plant sale. Then they're having uh, a really famous uh, head gardener from England give a talk. They're going to talk about the high points of last year's garden tours. So, uh, really great. All right, last one I want to let you know the Tacoma Home and Garden Show is January 24th through the 27th. And uh, unfortunately, I can't speak at it this year, but don't worry because they're going to have some really fantastic speakers there. So, my good buddy Marianne Bonetti will be speaking there, and you don't want to miss her talk no matter what. Now, I don't know when. These two folks are speaking. You'll have to go to their website to find out for sure. But she'll be, uh, the Tacoma Home Garden Show goes January 24th through the 27th. Mary Ambonetti speaking probably on the weekend, but I'm not sure. And Sue Getz, who is quite a famous woman down there in the South End and all over the place, she's giving a talk too. So lots of good talks. And I'm sure there'll be a great plant sale and all of that at the Tacoma Home and Garden Show. All right. I think I've covered everything I got to cover. Hey, I hope you'll give me a call. one 973 And we'll be right back on 97.3 Cairo FM. La la, welcome back, and uh, boy, it is so nice out, and uh, I'm really excited heading for the ocean, and the weather's going to be great for the first couple of days, so uh, after that, you never know. All right, we haven't got any calls yet, so you would get right in if you give me a call at one 973 cairo 1-888-973-5476, but Fortunately, I have some emails with me, which is always a good thing to do when you're doing radio by yourself. (laughs) All right. So I got an email from Dave, and he says, are you still recommending uh, planting peas on President's Day? Do you remember that? Back in the old days, everybody, it used to be a regular thing. You know, I said, plant your peas on President's Day. Have you ever done that? I did it. I planted my peas right on President's Day, and uh, I had pre-germinated them and put them in. And right a few, like a week later, they were just starting to stick out of the ground. But it was a little hard to see them because they were covered with a foot of snow. <laughs> no, don't plant your peas on President's Day. It's too risky. Yeah, if they can get up and we get, you know, how sometimes spring is just perfect, then you'll be eating peas 
way before anybody else will, and they'll love it because it'll be nice and cool out while they're producing. But uh, the risk of it being too cold and killing your peas is so high. So I usually wait till I, I, I usually put them in the first week of March if the weather report is good. So that's what I would do. I definitely, Dave, wait a little longer. And then, uh, and if, in case you didn't catch me say that, so I pre germinate my peas. So uh, I stick them in a uh, paper towel. And I keep it moist, and every day I open it up and look, and it's in a nice warm place in the house, not in direct sun or anything like that. And I pull up the top of the paper towel, and pretty soon you'll see little roots sprouting out of the peas. And if you plant them when when they've already sprouted, the chance of them rotting in the cold ground is much, much less. And uh, they get growing really fast. They do a hundred times better, so that's uh, what I recommend right there. All right, now uh, we I got an email from Caitlin, and uh, she's asked when is the best time to plant a Gravenstein apple, and uh, you know what should I plant with it so they cross pollinate? Well. Uh, here's the the good news is that the best time, any time now, you can plant bare root apples. So you can go to raintreenursery.com or go to your favorite nursery if you don't want to do it, uh, you know, um, on online. Or you could you could go all the way out to uh, Raintree Nursery, but it's out in Morton. But uh, so uh, you can get that bare root and plant that pretty much any time you want. Now, you want to get it in there before mid-February at the latest. So, And uh, I always soak a bare root tree. I soak it for about two hours in a bucket of water with the roots in the water. And then I dig a really wide hole and spread those roots out. So you could plant your Gravenstein and whatever other apple you choose right away, but now I'm going to give you the bad news. Well, first, I'm going to say one other thing. Get a dwarf apple. Don't even get semi-dwarf. You don't want to be climbing a ladder every day when you're trying to garden or to prune this thing or to pick the fruit or if you're going to cover it with netting to stop all those bugs from getting in apples. So get a dwarf apple or do a spalier. That's where you plant it with kind of horizontal branches against a wall or a fence in a bright sunny spot. That is a wonderful way to grow fruit trees. The pruning is so easy. You can buy them pre-pruned so you've got a good start. I've shown that on TV many a time. And then you just keep you know, it's going to be sending out a lot of sprouts. You just cut those back about four inches above where they grew that summer, and they'll set fruit buds right away. You get so much fruit, you can't believe it. So easy to cover with a net. So uh, it's it's the only way I would really go if I was going to put in more fruit trees into my garden. Now, here's the bad news, Caitlin. That is that Gravenstein is a delicious apple. It does get some disease problems, you know, so you're going to have to deal with that. You might have to spray. There are other trees that never get disease problems, so you might look at 
going with those instead. And they have lists. They show you which ones those are in uh, raintreenursery.com. So you can go to their to their uh, website and check all that out. But uh, Gravenstein, a whole lot of apples will uh, pollinate them because as long as they bloom at the same time, they'll pollinate the Gravenstein. Gravenstein is a special kind of apple. It's called a triploid. It does not produce any pollen, and it will not pollinate any other apple tree. So you're kind of stuck. You're going to have to get two different apple trees that pollinate each other that also pollinate the Gravenstein for this thing to work. Or you might be able to buy a Gravenstein espalier that has, uh, you know, some other kinds of apple trees grafted on it, and that would work. But either you're going to have to get three trees that pollinate each other, or uh, if you've got lots of neighbors with apple trees, then your other tree may get pollinated, the one that's pollinating uh, Gravenstein. Is this making any sense? (laughs) So, yeah, Gravenstein won't uh, pollinating else. That's the main thing to keep in mind when you're buying some apple trees. Okay, listen, I think it's about break time. So uh, I think a I, I caller came in, but they went away. So, <laughs> so hey, I have 8,942 open lines. I hope you'll give me a call. Otherwise, we'll keep doing email. 97.3 Cairo FM. Hey, welcome back to the second hour of the show. Hey, we got Ken on the line from Everett. Hey, Ken, what's happening in Everett this morning? Uh, well, it's sunny and beautiful for a change. Isn't anyway, that wonderful? Uh, oh, it's, it's really nice. It's nice. Anyway, long, long time listener, first time caller, so it's, it's kind of an honor to talk to you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so I've got this shrub in front of my house. It's a leafy green shrub. And it's there by the stairs of the house, and it's in front of the deck rail of the of the front entrance of the house. And I have to trim the thing back a couple of times a year because it just grows crazy. Well, about three, four months ago, when I trimmed it back, I noticed some, like, black, almost mold or something on the stairs and on the railings where um, the shrub was kind of covering it. And I thought, well, no big deal. It's, you know, it'll... The sun will get it, and it'll just melt it away. But now that blackness is also on the shrubs, uh, parts of the shrubs, like it looks like it's dying, and I've got more flies than I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my so, gosh. It, <laughs> so I'm just wondering. At first I thought, well, maybe there's a, a, a rat or something that died. But it, I, anyway, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Well, okay, I'm guessing. Now, is that plant that you're pruning, is it evergreen? It stays green year-round? Yes. Yeah. So I think it's a camellia. Does it get big flowers? Um, hmm. Part, well, the one to the right has flowers, but I don't know if that's a separate plant or not. So I, I suspect, here's why I think this is a camellia. It's an evergreen, broadleaf evergreen plant. 
and uh, mm-hmm. and it's getting that black stuff all over it, which means that your plant has scale. So scale is an insect. It looks like on a camellia, if you turn over a bunch of the leaves, I think what you're going to see is this white fuzzy stuff on the bottom of the leaves. And it's, it's uh, I think it's called camellia scale or something. I can't remember. But, um, and what happens is, what you're seeing is the fem- is where the female set up a little cover, and she lays about a billion eggs under that, and the little mm-hmm. the little babies come out and they look like little yellow spots on the bottom of the leaves. They're sucking the juice out of the leaves, but the problem is that that juice that the bugs suck out. What goes in must come out. <laughs> so, okay, uh, basic. I'm actually out looking at it. Oh, there are little like yellow spots. Uh, ah, yeah, right, yep. right on the vein, right on the vein of the main leaf. Yep. And then I'll bet if you keep looking, you're going to see this white fuzzy stuff under some of the leaves. I'm willing to bet. Or you may see it could be you have a different kind of scale that looks like little woody bumps on the on the trunk and stems. So you you may even have both. And um, hmm. so what that is, it's, a, it's that bug, and it's sucking juice out of the plant, and basically those baby bugs are pooping like wild banshees, <laughs> and they have liquid <laughs> poop. And that, that mold is growing on the honeydew that's coming out of those insects. And, okay. Oh, and it's gooey, yucky stuff, too. I'll tell you what. So here's the thing. It's not easy. It's not easy to control this pest. It's a real pain in the kazootski. How much do you like that camellia that you keep cutting back? Well, um, <laughs> my wife likes it more than me. I'm Uh-oh. Just like, I don't want to get you in trouble here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, I mean... It, I don't know what else I would put there because it's yeah. like two giant holes. So I, a friend of mine was telling me, he said, well, you should probably just put soapy water or something on it. Well, I'm like, well, I'm going to call Cisco yeah, before I do anything. It was good you called me because soapy water wouldn't really do it. You're going to have to use horticultural oil. So Okay. And yeah. So uh, you can buy this. There's... I don't think I'd use neem oil, but you could see if it says camellia scale on neem oil if you want that. But there's other oils you could buy if you go to a garden center. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you could just say, I want horticultural oil. And uh, you got to mix it up, and it'll say, you know, you'll have a recipe for broadleaf evergreen plants, and that's what you have to use. And uh, it's going to take a lot of spray, and you're going to be doing it, you know, it might take. A whole summer of spraying every two weeks or something to finally knock this totally out. Because the, wow. Yeah, because the crawlers are out there on the leaves, but they're also, a lot of them are in eggs that are really hard to kill, even with a spray. And you got to spray under every leaf. Sounds better and better to get rid of that plant, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh no, I didn't say that. Oh but, man, no, no, I, uh, it's just uh, yeah, because I'm looking at some of the leaves that are inside, and they're they, they're totally coated with like a black mold. So 
Yeah, I don't. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a tough problem. But it, you know, if you if you really fight hard and keep spraying, you know, the thing about camellia, it's a, it's a rock, a Gibraltar plant. You can hardly hurt them. You can prune them anytime you want. The best time is right when they're done blooming. But you can prune them anytime you want. You can prune them as low or high as you want. You could thin them out. So, you know, it might help to go in there and cut off any leaves you find with a scale. You're not going to hurt the plant. If you see branches okay. covered with little woody bumps, cut those off. That'll help, and then the sprays will be more effective. You can even, if you really wanted to work hard, but I would, I would insist on a Brussels sprout casserole as a reward after doing this hard work. <laughs> well, what you, you what, know what? I might eat that. And you know what? I actually, my mom met you a few years back, and she got me a T-shirt that's one of yours, the Eat Your Brussels Sprouts T-shirt. Oh, so cool. Probably... It's going to be, hey, that's a real collector's item. Don't lose that, whatever you do. That's got to no. be worth at least a quarter after all these years. So, <laughs> Well, you know what? I just... Thank you for all of the information. I think you're. I, I, I hate to say this, but I'm not really a, a big fan of gardening. But I love listening to you, and and um, and people call me all the time, friends, and ask me stuff, and they go, "Well, how do you know all this?" I say, "Because I listen to Cisco every Saturday." <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I don't know if you're your wife's hero, but you're my hero. So thanks. That was so nice. Thanks a lot. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> well, hey. So keep working on that camellia and. Uh, you know, I think if you could get it under control one year, you might have to spray now and then. But I think it, you'll still get bugs now and then, but it won't be so doggone intense as it is now. Yeah, I, yeah it's it's really something. I, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, it's terrible. At some point, yeah. when you decide you finally have had it with this plant and get it out of there, give me a call and I'll give you lots of suggestions for new things. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. All right, Ken. Good luck. Take care. Thank you, too. Okay, bye-bye. All right, listen, we'll be back. Jenny, you hang on in Woodenville, and we'll be back right after this on 97.3 Cairo FM. Holy cats, we're already in the last section of the show. Hey, let's go to Woodenville and talk to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Welcome. Hi there. Hi. I I have a um, problem that I've been trying to take care of on my own for years, and I have yet to figure out the best way to do it. So I'm hoping you can help. I'll try. Okay. So I went to Molbex one day and saw the asparagus and thought that'd be awesome to put in my garden. It's a nice raised bed, about 400 square feet, and it has turned all into asparagus. So I removed a portion of it and put it in a different area. I thought that would be good. I cleaned out the bed, um, and it has come back. And so then the following year, I thought, all right, I'm going to get rid of it with some black plastic. I'll put some plastic over it over the winter, see if I can cook it out of there. Yeah. It's back. It's back. How do I get rid of it? Holy cats. I've never heard of this problem before. <laughs> no. Wow. I, no, I thought it was just I'm too good at picking things that like to take over my garden. Wow. I also have 
horseradish taking over one of the other beds. Oh, so. <laughs> watch out. Horseradish, I know, is a real menace. I didn't know yeah. asparagus would ever do that, though. The sad part is, is that the first couple of years I got some asparagus shoots, and from there forward, all I'm getting is grass, lots of grass. So you're and sure this is... You're sure this is asparagus, though? So. Yeah, yep. It was labeled asparagus. It grew asparagus for the first couple of years, and then it so, just, just turned into... I don't know if asparagus has a female and a male plant. Yeah, they do. But I feel like I have just one sex going on. Okay, there. yeah. So I think your idea that plastic is the only thing that's going to work. Uh, but... And here's okay. the here's the problem. So it's just coming up in this raised bed, nowhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep, good. Just in the raised bed. Good, good. Uh, you, it's going to take you a year to get rid of it, I think. A year. So okay. I th- yeah, because I put tomatoes in yes last year, and I ended up with all the grass all around the tomatoes. Yeah, that's you yeah. know that's going to drive you nuts. So I think it I think is. you're going to have to just decide. I'm going to take a year to beat this problem, and. Okay. Uh, and I think you still got that black plastic. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, Tony, yeah, I don't know on. if I'd bother putting it on yet, but uh, okay. by by uh, mid February you want it on. You want that on before okay. the asparagus starts coming up. Okay. And, and then uh, you know, put it on, put rocks on it to hold it in place. My one fear is that the asparagus might come through the black plastic. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> you could. Did, you know that, that plastic that's like red tomato plastic? Yeah. I tried that on the tomatoes last year thinking that that would be great. And what it did is it came up behind, underneath that red plastic yeah. and then eventually found holes and worked its way out. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to have to make sure it's a really good seal. Oh, yeah. you're gonna. Here's what I would do. I just rethought this. So I would go somewhere and get cardboard, get lots of cardboard, put it over the top uh, of your raised bed and with stones on it, then put the black plastic on top of that. Okay. And make sure that the cardboard overlaps like crazy because you're right. Anywhere it can find that it can get through there. Now, I'm just hoping this isn't, Something besides asparagus, because you know you you know horsetail, right? Oh yeah, definitely so it's not definitely not. Is, all right, that's all. Yeah, good, good, yeah, good, 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 good. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you're gonna okay, you're so, gonna um, beat this, but it's gonna take a long time. So go ahead, put that cardboard down really thick. Put the stones on it. Put the black plastic on. Put stones on that, and just figure okay. I'm leaving it on for a year. And so when I do that, the, I know that the black um, heats up the ground, and it will kill off a lot of the microorganisms that are there. It doesn't what would get you do afterwards. It doesn't really get hot enough here to work very it well. Doesn't. No, so oh, they actually use know. they use clear plastic to do that. Okay. So you could All if right. you you could try that route. You could just cover it with clear plastic, put rocks on it. And when they when it finally gets good and hot in the summer, but it takes so long that mm-hmm. it may come through the plastic. I don't know what it'll do before it gets hot enough. That's why I'm thinking the other mm. just starve it to death. Don't let it grow. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. But I I gave up after I thought I did it all spring, and then I threw in some tomato starch. 
Yeah, that, that was your big mistake. That put those tomatoes okay. in there. <laughs> I know. I, okay, but I, so I have to go a whole year without my, my garden. I, I couldn't okay. do it at my house because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because <laughs> I'd have to plant Brussels sprouts there, you know. I mean, how could I control I, that urge? You know, you're absolutely <laughs> right about the Brussels sprouts. They are fantastic, especially after the first frost. Well, you yeah, must you I'm must good. be a really good-looking, intelligent woman because they're the ones that love <laughs> Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Well, I will accept that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Je- you. Jenny, you got to let us know if this works, and oh, I hope okay. it does. And uh, you know, yeah, you I'll might have to. Call. All right, you give me a call. <laughs> let us know. And uh, next spring, though, be prepared to do this one more time if you had to. If you see them coming up, okay. Yeah, because right, it might, might you know, a bit more than that. yeah, you got to starve it out. And I don't know how much energy they, you know, an asparagus can save in its roots, you know. Yeah. So watch out for. We have really rich dirt there, so. Yeah. Hey, and uh, watch out, watch it. out for that horseradish. <laughs> that stuff is worse oh than asparagus ever even imagined it's itself to be. awful. I have sat there and, and run it through a sieve, all my dirt, pulling every tiny little root, oh. and then it comes back again. I'm like, oh, why yeah. did I plant this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, keep hold of that plastic. You're going to be using that a lot. <laughs> Sounds hey. like it. I'm going to eventually figure out what plants I'm safe to put in the garden. <laughs> well, I'll be listening for your call. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for you, Jenny. You're going to beat that asparagus. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, Cisco. Okay. Bye-bye, Jenny. Thanks a lot for the call. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we don't have time for any more calls. So, uh, I, you know, I'm just so curious whether we're going to have any winter this year. And I've got my fingers crossed so much that we don't because the wind blew all the covers off my tender plants out there. Oh, la, la. (laughs) Uh, So, okay, everybody. Uh, Enjoy this wonderful weather. Get out there. Take your dog for lots of walks. You can even take your cat for a walk. It's so nice out. Don't forget to eat your Brussels sprouts, by the way. And, Brian, thank you so much. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye.